This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, a production of iHeartRadio and Grim and Mild. Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. According to legend, every year for over 1,000 years, riders and their horses would gather in the Middle East for a race. It was a test of endurance known as the Ocean of Fire, and it spanned 3,000 miles of desert. Frank T. Hopkins wrote a detailed account of his participation in that race, which he'd competed in toward the end of the 19th century. While many don't remember Hopkins today, they certainly remember his horse, Hidalgo. Today, the Ocean of Fire has been deemed nothing more than a tall tale. Hopkins and his brave steed probably never traversed the Middle Eastern desert, but similar tests of endurance are still run to this day. One such competition was held in the French city of Nantes back in 1997. Racers gathered from all over Europe to show the world who was the best, who had the stamina, the drive, the determination to get back to England and take home the gold. The race's motto translated to English as, At dawn we go, and at 6.30 in the morning on June 22nd, that's what they did. The racers took off, making their way across the English Channel with gusto. Some hit top speeds of 50 miles per hour out the gate. One such racer was champion Whitetail. Whitetail had 13 wins under his belt by the time he'd reached Nantes that day. He'd made this trip over a dozen times. Whitetail's owner, Tom Roden, went home to Manchester, England, knowing his prized racer would find its way back eventually. Whitetail should have arrived a week later on the afternoon of June 29th, but by 2 p.m., he was nowhere to be seen. In fact, thousands of racers up and disappeared after the event started. Few of them ever made it home, and there was no explanation for it. Five years passed without a sign of the champion Whitetail. Apparently, he was gone for good. Then, one day after Rodin had leashed up his dog for a walk, he opened the door to see a familiar sight standing there. Champion Whitetail had found his way home. Tom knew it was him because of his white tail feathers and the identification ring around his leg. You see, Champion Whitetail hadn't participated in a horse race. He was a pigeon. They all were. The incident had become known as the Great Pigeon Disaster of 1997. So what had caused all those pigeons to vanish, leaving only one to find its way home? According to some scientists, it's possible that the birds heard the rumble of a storm way off in the distance that sent them scattering. However, the weather hadn't been rough that week. There had been no fog or heavy winds. But there had been a plane flying straight across the pigeon's path. And not just any plane. It was a Concorde Supersonic Transport, or SST, that had been soaring overhead. Way overhead. The Concorde was able to reach speeds of over 1,300 miles per hour, faster than the speed of sound, 
and flew so high that passengers who looked up could glimpse where Earth ended and space began. When the SST broke the sound barrier, it left in its wake a sonic boom that sent a shockwave straight toward the pigeons. Disoriented, the animals abandoned their race for safer ground. Weeks after Whitetail's miraculous reappearance, Tom Roden came home to find a letter waiting for him. It had come from a man named Jean Bouchard, who happened to live in Nantes, where the race had started. He told Tom that he'd stumbled upon an exhausted pigeon in his garden and took it in to help it regain its strength. He'd even built a cage for it to keep it safe from his neighbor's cats. He'd noticed the ring around the bird's ankle with a number on it, which he used to track down Tom. Once Whitetail was strong enough to fly, Bouchard took him to the Natural History Museum in town. He had been unaware of the race and thought this was where the pigeon had been released. He opened the cage. Out flew champion Whitetail, who was set free in two different locations, disappeared for five years, and eventually found his way home. A true test of endurance, and a true test of the bond between a man and his bird. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. In 1785, a farmer in the English village of Silchester was plowing his field when he spotted something shiny at his feet. It was a large ring, the kind that would fit comfortably over a thumb, but fall off of any other finger. Now, the area where it was found had originally been a Roman-occupied settlement until the 7th century, and the ring showed a connection to that lost era, having been crafted out of 12 grams of gold, with the head of Venus etched into one of its ten sides. Along the other nine sides was a Latin inscription that translated as Senecianus, 
Live well in God. Now, if someone's name was chiseled onto the side of a ring, it might be safe to assume that they were the ring's original owner. However, the strange story of this ancient piece of jewelry would only get stranger. Years later, a mysterious curse tablet was discovered in the village of Lydney in Gloucestershire, also known as Dwarf's Hill, roughly 100 miles away from Silchester. Now, curse tablets were a common fixture of the Roman world. Oftentimes, they were nothing more than scraps of lead or stone, with a message scratched onto them. They were typically tossed into wells or placed in temples as a way of forming a contract with the gods. This particular tablet was found in an old pagan temple dedicated to a Celtic deity called Nodens, and it read, Silvianus has lost a ring. Among those who bear the name Senechianus, to none grant health until he bring back the ring to the temple. What's amazing is that for almost 150 years, these two artifacts remained separate, their connection as yet undiscovered. Then, in the late 1920s, archaeologist Sir Mortimer Wheeler began to wonder about their story. However, he needed confirmation from an expert on English etymology and history. He invited his colleague John, who was a professor of Anglo-Saxon at Pembroke College in Oxford, to examine the ring and tablet. Growing up, John had developed a passion for subjects like botany and Latin. As he got older, he explored other tongues, such as Esperanto. He even constructed alphabets of his own invention, which bloomed into full-functioning languages. At the start of World War I, John was shunned by his family and community for not rushing to enlist, but he valued his education above all else. He deferred enlistment until he earned his degree, at which point he joined a regiment, married his high school sweetheart, and fought until he was too sick to fight. Once he was discharged from the military, he found a job working for the Oxford English Dictionary as an etymologist, someone who studies the origins and histories of words, with his focus mainly on Germanic words. From there, he began a career in academics that took him from the University of Leeds to Pembroke College at Oxford University. So, when Sir Mortimer Wheeler pulled John into his mystery, the younger man was well-suited to examine the ring and tablet, and he saw the connection right away. He deduced that a Christian man named Senechianus had stolen the ring from its Roman owner, Silvianus, sometime during the 4th century. Silvianus then did what he thought would help. He made a curse tablet and traveled to the temple where he asked the pagan god to bring illness upon the thief until they returned the ring to its rightful home. Unfortunately, the ring never made it back, and the thief solidified his new ownership by having his own name inscribed around it. John helped put the pieces together for his friend, but the story of the cursed ring left him intrigued. Not long after, he started working on a story, one that followed the adventures of someone who finds their own cursed golden ring. And while that old Roman ring and its associated curse tablet are pretty much forgotten by most today, the entire world knows the stories that John wrote. They span a number of novels, all of which have been adapted for the big screen, and have formed much of the foundation of modern fantasy literature. All thanks to John. John Ronald Ruel Token, and his stories The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show, and you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. 
And until next time, stay curious. Thank you.